0: This is episode ninety-eight of the EdTech Takeout from Grandwood AY. My name is Jonathan Wiley. I'm joined today by a whole bunch of people. So
1: <laughs> let's
0: start with Mindy Carney. Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good. Good.
1: Yes. Happy Friday. First snow.
0: Happy Friday. First snow. Yeah, yes.
1: It's snowing in Iowa today, folks. I am. I'm ready.
0: Well, the other voice you heard is Corey Rogers, who's back again.
2: Hi. Thanks for having me back.
0: We are grateful to have your expertise today.
2: We'll see how expertise-y it is. Oh, expertise New word. A New word. Yep. Okay.
0: And introducing for the very first time yeah. on the A Takeout podcast, our newest co-host and colleague, Bridget <laughs> Castelluccio.
3: Hello, everyone.
1: Glad to be here. <laughs>
0: Bridget, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell and-
1: us about who the real... Bridget is. Who is Bridget? Who is Bridget?
3: <laughs> well, in a former life, I was Mrs. C, Aww. the elementary teacher. So just coming out of the classroom after about 13 years, mm-hmm. um, always with a love of digital and tech integration. So excited to be a part of the digital learning consultant team to support districts and educators. I'm a mom of two. I'm an empty nester. So that's kind of awesome.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and
3: uh, married, and a uh, longtime Cedar Rapidsian, mm-hmm. twenty-five plus years now. After mm-hmm. several big moves, yeah.
0: First time on the podcast, but hopefully not the last.
3: Hopefully, hopefully
1: so. not.
0: Bridget and Corey are here to talk about computer science oh, with us we're, today. Oh, this,
1: you're revealing it already?
0: I'm just going to tease it. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, All right. That like, like a big reveal.
0: Well, you probably have seen the title of the episode <sighs> by the true. time I you got... clicked play somewhere. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, I didn't even think about that. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to start with news and follow-up like yep. we always do. Uh, there have been lots of small Google updates recently, but yeah. I couldn't really find anything worthy of talking about. Did I miss something important? I love or? that that's a
1: bullet point. Like, there have been some updates. None of them are worth talking about.
0: I mean, there was things like you can put a watermark on a Google Doc. You Who cares? can do approvals on Google Docs now, you can... I got
1: an approval the other day. What does oh, that mean? really? What does that mean? Talk so, more. Beth Swans sent me two approvals on, um, sh- we were putting together some one-page strategy sheets, and I got this email that says, Beth Swans would like your approval. And I'm like, well, oh, of course I approve of Beth. I don't understand. Oh. And, and so, I went in and um, clicked on it, and there it was, and I... I had never seen that before, and I'm like, this has got to be brand spanking new. So So I wonder how she sent that to you. If you go
0: to the file menu and you hit approvals, you have the option to send a document to somebody else for their approval. So there you go. I wasn't going to talk about any Google updates, but here we are. (laughs) But here we are. Talking about Google updates. So that is new if you want to send out drafts or copies for... People to look at and put their stamp of approval on.
1: So I'll turn my screen around. Look at so then it says on the top here pending approval. So I can just click on the little blue bar that says I approve. Continue you with go. your work. Well done. Well, and I that's probably
2: I, I'm in my head. I'm trying to think how's a teacher going to use that, but especially for our work since we work in collaborative teams. But maybe kids in a group project. Yeah, share approve. You know, yeah. are we like, good hey, with my parts done? Yeah. What do you but, think? Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. see okay. it work I and get on board. Yeah.
0: Thanks All right, for then.
2: Well, we corrected corrected. I that's something to Stand talk about, Stand yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving down the list, I got a DM from someone at brilliant.org the other day uh, letting me know about a new free premium account option they have for educators where this is an online uh, platform, a bit like things like Skillshare and things like that, if you've Mm -hmm. seen that before, where they have uh, different learning programs that you can take around math and science and computer science and foundational science advanced science all this good stuff so they have a program specifically for education now for teachers they can sign up for and get all of this for free this is usually stuff that you have to pay a subscription for Mm -hmm. so the way it works is you as a teacher set up a classroom and you can set up student accounts from there and you can assign things to students for them to do so
2: I I did some of the logic lessons. So Mm -hmm. since we're talking about computer science today, I went into those. I think I'm not quite sure how I would use it yet, but they were very fun puzzles to work on. So I couldn't do like a game. I love a logic puzzle. It's all discrete math. Mm -hmm. So I found it to be fun. Mm -hmm. I didn't spend as much time as Jonathan, obviously, so I haven't wrapped my head around how you might use that with kids. But the the problem sets were valid and fun to do so
0: it's pretty interactive yeah. it's like you know drag and drop stuff or sliders and move things around to help learn and and see how things work so so i'll pass it on for anybody else that might have a need for that kind of thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh next on here a new podcast we did a previous episode where Lynn and myself, Mm -hmm. we're talking about Diverger by Design, quick plug. Right. Um, But this is another one from the people who created the UDL guidelines. Mm -hmm. uh, The AIM Center uh, have got a new podcast called the Accessible Learning Experience Podcast. Which is quite a long title, but uh, (laughs) we've got some really good topics coming up. It says each episode will feature interviews with national, state, and local leaders whose work focuses on turning learning barriers into learning opportunities. So just one episode out right now, but um, more will be coming very shortly. Nice. Did anybody else on the panel here see the
1: panel? I love it. Oh, special! special. I'm going to call you guys a panel, like we're at ISTE or something. right? perfect.
0: Yeah. Did anybody else at the table Mm -hmm. (laughs) see Canva Create come across your inbox?
1: No. I wonder if I'm not getting Canva emails. I did not see this. I saw it, but I haven't looked at it. So I'm curious to know more. Tell us more.
0: Well, Canva is having a free online learning conference on 16th of November and the 17th of November. They have... They're doing it twice for two different time zones. But they have a a group of experts who are coming on to talk about graphic design. Some of these uh, are specifically for the classroom. Like on day two, there's more educator-focused ones, building a creative classroom, app smashing for Canva teachers. So if you're interested in learning more about Canva and the different ways that it can be used to design things in the classroom... Everybody's a designer now, just like everybody's a reading teacher, so um, you could take a look at Canva Create. Now, I signed up, and after I did sign up, it said um, a week after the event closes, there will be on-demand sessions that you could watch. So if you cannot make the times that they have on there, sign up anyway, and you'll probably get an email from them with those on-demand sessions. All right. Uh, next on the list, got Zoom's auto-generated captions are now available for free to all users.
1: I did not know that was a paid feature. I didn't either.
0: We take a lot of things for granted sometimes uh, because yeah. we do have the paid yes, Zoom.
1: Right. Yes, right. Yes, you do.
0: Yes. And you just assume that everybody can do this. Yeah. And oh, you just click here and do that. And they're like, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And
1: oh, I'm glad that that's a free feature now. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, serve to you piping hot, our main course today, (laughs) Iowa computer science.
0: (laughs) The enthusiasm in the room right now.
1: Yay! Yay. So we, um, for those of you that are not Iowans, or if you had not heard this, the Iowa computer science standards have been at the forefront of conversations around the state for... Two years, would you say? It's real fiery right now, though, because there are some deadlines quickly approaching. And so we wanted um, Corey and Bridget to come on today and talk a little bit about, first of all, what is computer science? So building some um, baseline knowledge for us and then kind of moving forward, what does that look like in our schools? What are the things that we need to know, especially here in Iowa? Um, But also, I think, really great stuff for any school district that's looking to integrate or implement a computer science program or curriculum. Um, So first things first, Corey, what is computer science? What is not computer science? Which would you like to start with?
2: Well, so what I would say is uh, we have a really fun activity where we ask teacher groups to Mm -hmm. sort a bunch of different things like there's um, little items like only for TAG students or using spreadsheets or doing an Internet search. And it is always a fun activity. Um Of course, they care if they're right or wrong, but really, always, always Always care. But Mm -hmm. what's more important is the conversations they have and the push and pull on what is computer science and what isn't, because I think there are a lot of misconceptions. In Iowa, we have a team of people that came up with a definition. So in Iowa, we say computer science is understanding how and why technologies work, exploring whether and how technologies could solve real life problems, investigating procedures, creating solutions, and learning about computing systems, programming, data, networks, and the effects on society and the individual. There's one more oh. sentence here. Oh, okay. Computer science Please is learning <laughs> computer science <laughs> is learning how to create new technologies rather than simply using them. Uh, here's the main takeaway I always want teachers to have or educators to have is computer science is not just coding. Right. So when we think about computer science, there's five areas in the standards. Um, but helping helping kids to understand. That when we talk about computer science, we mean hardware and software. We mean how we use data. We mean the impacts of technology. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you make an app like Facebook, what are the consequences, intended or otherwise? Um, And then coding's a piece of it. Uh, what did I forget? Networks and the internet. So then how do we connect? And cybersecurity is becoming a big piece of that, too, and that falls in there. So
1: And magic is not one of the answers to that.
2: Yeah, that's my other thing. It's not magic, right? So that's the other thing. If, if our kids can leave school right. and understand that a device is uh, designed and created by people, and so we can influence that, it's yeah. not magic. It's mm-hmm. We're not going to break it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not I don't know, 90% of the time. <laughs> anyway, if you drop it, maybe you're going to break it. But helping them to understand things aren't magic. I think that's the big piece we hope folks have.
1: Well, it helps you become a better problem solver if you understand how things work. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep.
0: So computer science is it's not a new thing. I mean, people have been doing this now for, for decades, but why do you think it's become so relevant and prevalent and important for schools right now? Is that a question that You can answer or Mm not.
2: So I think it's become important, especially after the pandemic, because we're so reliant on Internet. So like Mm. stable networks and we're um, reliant on devices. I think the other pieces we're recognizing, at least as a country, that computer science touches every uh, career field, every uh, sector. So like in Iowa, computer science affects agriculture, computer science affects uh, finance, computer science affects the grocery stores. Like that's the example that comes mm-hmm. up a lot is our rural schools say like, we don't have a business partner. It's like, I'm pretty sure you have a Hy-Vee or a Fairway mm-hmm. and they've got an IT department. Mm-hmm. So every company's got some sort of an IT piece. And so I think that's a piece of it. In Iowa specifically, we have requirements. So I think Really, that's why we're seeing um, an uptick in interest and an uptick in uh, me and Bridget's work supporting schools is because we have requirements coming due for districts. And, I mean, I feel like I've been banging this drum for four or five years now, but I think districts are now ready to hear it, um, whether it's because of the interest after the pandemic or because they know these deadlines are coming due. So our role is to help this feel like, It's not one more thing, but it's part of what we can really do to provide kids a good, solid education. And hopefully we're providing supports that help it feel easier or Mm -hmm. as easy as possible for them.
1: So you mentioned two things. I think you said deadlines. You also said requirements. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about what the requirements are or about computer science standards and what the requirements are around those standards to give people a little bit of an idea of what might be coming down the hatch?
2: Yeah, so how about we start with requirements, because
1: the standards are part of those. So
2: the most important requirement for districts in Iowa to be aware of is that by July of 2022, every district needs to have a K-12 computer science implementation plan, Mm -hmm. um, and our accredited non-publics need that plan as well. So if you're a K-8 non-public, you need to have a K-8 plan. Right. and the good news for districts is that all nine AEAs are working together to provide a script workshop. It comes from CS4ALL, which is a national nonprofit, um, and it helps districts make their plan. For districts in Iowa, it's like the um, Differentiate accountability or the ESSA work. So you, it's a rubric. You kind of say, what, where are we currently at? What do we need to do to move forward? And then we just keep coming back to those goals. But the good news is when you when districts leave a script training, they have their plan. So if they can engage with us, um, one of their AEAs for that work with a school team, they leave with their plan. So, again, we're like trying to do an easy button right. for districts. Um, and what we find is... District teams get really excited when they come, and they the other thing I think is they walk away feeling like, we do more of this than we thought we did. Like, Mm -hmm. they're able to start to recognize, like, we teach data and analysis, and we teach kids about password safety. We're just not doing it in the context of what computer scientists think of that. So with some small
1: tweaks, we make sure we're hitting these standards. Mm -hmm. So... About those standards, then, and with the plan, did you in there tell about when those things are actually due? Did you give an actual deadline date? Yeah, I
2: think so. The plans are due by July of okay. 2022 for high school, uh, no, for all districts. Plan, yep, okay. So then f- there's three more requirements. So districts make a plan, yes, then there's requirements for instruction. Okay, so the next three requirements then are also by July of 2022. Okay, high schools in Iowa need to offer a half credit. Mm -hmm. Of computer science Mm -hmm. aligned to the standards. Right. And what Bridget and I are trying really hard to do right now is to get the word out because we know high schools are starting to think about schedule and staffing now. Now. It's crazy, but they're starting to think about it now. So if if there if there's districts out there that haven't started to think about this because, you know, we're still living in a pandemic. So there's lot we know there's lots of things on their plate, but Mm They need to start thinking at least about that high school piece now, because what we don't want to happen is for them to engage in script in June and their schedule's done, and then, then they're not meeting the yes, requirement. Right, so right. Um, that's another one. And then there's two more. It was, you know, this is really fun to be the messenger. But uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you have another year. So we do those See, two all things. the time in the world. Yeah. Then you have all the time in the world. So then by <laughs> beginning July of 2023. Districts need to have at least one grade level of instruction aligned to the standards for grades one through six. So for example, if I'm a building, I've got a fourth grade teacher like Bridget was in her building that loves technology, is really passionate about computer science, we could say as a building, year one, our plan is to address fourth grade. Then maybe year two, we're going to add fifth. So sure. they need to pick one grade level, same for seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So for the grade bands one through sixth, and then grade band seven through eight, beginning in 2023. So we're trying to build capacity um, and help schools to make a plan for how we're going to do this. Are we going to have a dedicated teacher? Are we going to integrate it into instruction like math or social studies? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be a combination of both?
0: So, Bridget, I know Corey said one of the misconceptions is that people think computer science is coding. It's obviously a lot more than that. Could you give us a quick like, overview of what those Iowa computer standards are like and what things are included in that?
3: Yes, I can. Well, they, first of all, they were adopted um, from the CSTA standards in 2017, and they will, as is... They've been revised, so it's not one of those set of standards that might be revised again in the near future. We're good to go. So they're not going to change. Um, What I think is helpful is they're in grade bands. So as I've been learning it, my standards are in a nice page protector that I carry around (laughs) with me
2: everywhere these days.
3: Um, Highly would recommend that method of organization. Um, But they're in grade bands, so there are like 18 standards for grades K through 2, so by the end of second grade. And then there's uh, grades three through five grade band, a six through eight grade band, and then the nine the high school levels, um, both just regular requirements, but then also then there is an AP strand as well, if um, districts are offering that piece. And then within those, there are five main concept areas for the standards. So those are computing systems look at my cheat sheet, networks and the internet, data and analysis, algorithms and programming, and then impacts of computing. So it just really breaks it down nicely. And then within those concepts, there are sub-concepts, and from those sub-concepts become the standards. It makes a nice flow chart, which Corey loves a good flow chart. I do love a flow chart. It's
2: my love language. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. So
3: have a nice flow. So if you think of five concept areas with some breaking it down into some sub-concepts, and that's where you get the standards. And there are a different number of standards in each of the grade bands to hit.
0: So we could put a link to those in, in um, show notes. One of you two can get me a link, I'm sure. Absolutely. absolutely. Perfect. I know you guys have been doing, like, work at the state level as well. What does that look like from that zoomed-out view at the the state level? How are you guys collaborating and working with our colleagues across the state?
3: So being the newbie to not just the digital learning (laughs) consultant team and to Grantwood AA, let's just be a newbie to the whole statewide system. (laughs) Um, what I think is really powerful is the because it's statewide requirements, um, and as one of our good colleagues, Lynn, always says, sharing is caring. Um, it's been really helpful that we, ha- that we as consultants have people within our state who are also trying to support the districts, mm-hmm. and we can bounce ideas off. We have worked really collaborative. We meet twice a month mm-hmm. um, for about two hours each time, very packed agendas. But we have talked about the standards. We've created some unpacking standard templates together as a team, we've talked about best ways to reach districts. All of us have a variety of district types, urban, rural, what it, you know, how they're set up and non-pubs. Like pretty soon we're going to connect um, several different teammates from around the state are going to connect about our Catholic non-pubs and how we can help support them within that Catholic system. So, I think it's just really exciting to see that there are similar messages that are being given to all the districts, but then there's also a support group for us to say, hey, you know, what's your take on this and to push and pull on ideas.
2: And I think like districts, it allows us to build capacity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So districts I think are feeling like, well, I didn't go to school to be a computer science teacher. What's it even look like or feel like? So our AEA team I think is living that, but we're able to build capacity and we're able to ensure there's equity across the state. So there aren't pockets of excellence Or pockets Mm -hmm. where, like, we're really lucky in Cedar Rapids to have really engaged business partners that want to support the Mm work. Um, But that doesn't happen across, especially some of our more rural parts. So we're Mm -hmm. able to address equity and efficiency as Mm -hmm. a team um, because we get to work together. I think there's like 15 of us on 15, 20. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, Yeah. it is a lot. So we're we're really proud of that in our ability to work together and then share resources to support Mm -hmm. districts.
0: Can I just pull on one of those threads there that you talked about? And that's the idea about who's qualified to teach computer science. Who is qualified to teach computer science? Do you need any special endorsements or how does that work in right now?
2: So <laughs> currently in Iowa, I I wish I could like bold it. Okay. Do I use air quotes? Yes, can hear air you quote, do that. Yeah, yeah, because they can hear me yeah. doing that. Yeah. So currently in Iowa. Uh, Anyone who's going to teach computer science needs to be highly qualified to teach in their grade level. You do not have to have a computer science endorsement. It's a a chicken and an egg scenario. We don't have – last I knew there's, like, roughly 300 educators in Iowa that have the endorsement. Mm -hmm. That's not enough with these requirements. So what – There's programs for teachers to earn the endorsement, but they don't have to have it. What we typically see, especially for secondary teachers, is they get introductory training, they start teaching a course, and then once the kids are ready for something else, they start to realize, like, oh, now I've got to get deeper knowledge base, and that's when they seek the endorsement. So I think we're we're fortunate to have really good programs that help build teacher capacity without them needing to get the endorsement right away, so programs like Code.org. They, they are really designed for teachers who aren't trained computer science teachers to teach non-traditional students like women, minorities that wouldn't typically enroll in computer science courses. So that's kind of how we support. But right now, you don't have to have the endorsement. You just need to be interested and excited about computer science.
0: And hopefully that's something they're talking about in the teacher training colleges and, and yeah. getting
2: mm-hmm.
0: more teachers qualified and out of college with that endorsement too.
1: Yep. Yeah. So outside of um, those trainings or um, learning opportunities for and you know educators that might be looking into that, what other things are being offered here at Grantwood AEA that um, you know would be opportunities for learning that this team is providing at Grantwood. So Corey mentioned the script
3: right. program for those districts who are wanting support and uh, going through the rubrics, rubrics and making the plan. Then for those districts that have already been through it, we have networking sessions set up. So come back and we give them a little bit more digger deep, deep dive into mm-hmm. something. And then it's just their time to continue to work with their team. Right. Um, I think everyone in education realizes the, that big four letter word time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we try to offer that to them, um, every, uh, seasonally. So they have that. Then ooh, we got it. We got some courses going. Um, <laughs> we, <do. laughs> we just held our very first standards workshop. So the standards we talked about, it's a um, half day that teams or educators can come in and really get to know learn a little bit more about how to read the standards. Um, highly recommend the CSTA glossary because there's a lot of terms. I was highly qualified as an elementary teacher, but ooh, it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're offering unpacking the standards. So going even deeper, like picking out standards in your grade band and unpacking those to see how you could use that for instruction. We are going to have a summer elementary course, which I'm personally excited about with my elementary background. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we bring the computer science standards into elementary? Because it probably isn't going to be quite a standalone always. It might be a hybrid, and it's definitely integratable mm-hmm. within other contents. Uh, Coming up, mark your calendars, December 6th through 12th,
2: (laughs) Computer (laughs) Science Ed Week, Hour of Code. It's truly the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) I know I've said it on this
1: podcast before. I'm going to say it again. Truly, truly the most wonderful time of the year. Are there going to be like jingle bells or some sort? Like you can add a little audio file, jingle bells. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the most wonderful time of the year, kids. So
3: we have been working on a lot of resources. There's um, opportunities for um, with, virtual, with Iowa STEM to do a virtual career event. Who are computer science heroes in Iowa? Mm-hmm. So really making that connection between career paths to stay in Iowa. All sorts of things. Code.org is having um, things with Hour of Code hero posters. So just a lot of good resources. And that's a nice toe dip, I think, for teachers. That's what I used to always do in my classroom was I couldn't wait for December in some ways, of course, winter break. (laughs) However, I also, um, it was just a great week to have in the middle of when kids maybe are a little not so focused. Mm -hmm. So they really enjoyed that week. So that's something also upcoming. And we're just responding to what districts need at this point. So when they come to us and see gaps, and we're just trying to figure out what they need, and Mm -hmm. we're gonna help them out.
0: Well, speaking of districts, Corey, um, I know not everybody is all the way down the road in terms of implementing this, but what do our early adopters look like in terms of their their structure, or their ideas, or their plans for meeting these new requirements?
2: Well, I would say they're across the board. And so I think whether you're just entering or if you've already got some computer science courses, you're not alone. There's lots of folks to help you. Um, What we see is for districts that are more established, they're adding on. So if you're If you're a district that was already offering like AP Computer Science A, which is real high-level computer science, leads into college credit, what we see is those schools may be adding an introductory course so that kids' first experience with computer science isn't advanced. We don't want to scare them away. Um, So it helps them to step into it. Uh, I would say at the middle school level, we see lots of schools kind of revamping electives sometimes. So Mm, if you had a keyboarding or computer apps course, maybe it's time to look at that with some fresh eyes and think like, okay, well, we've got these computer science uh, requirements coming. Maybe we can start to move away from the productivity skills and into addressing computer science standards. Elementary schools... um you know, it's just an adventure every day, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. used to be an I know. Teacher, Well, I'm looking so. at all elementary teachers. Yeah. So yeah. I would say what we're seeing a lot is teacher librarians are amazing. Uh, Corey says that as a former one, so no <laughs> bias. Um, what we're seeing oftentimes in elementary schools, teacher librarians are already teaching some of this, and they see all the kids in the building. And so it's a way where schools can make sure they get all kids so what we're seeing a lot of our schools, especially our rural schools, do is um, do an audit. So we have a tool that helps them to see, like, what are we already teaching? So some sort of a combination of saying, here's what our computer, here's what our teacher librarians already do, and then we're going to integrate in what they're not covering into the content areas. Um, And then some schools are lucky enough to have a dedicated computer science specials or elective teacher at the elementary level. And so... Um, they're doing really good work across the state, those folks, kind of helping with resources and what lessons look like. So it's all across the board. It's a real
0: variety. It is, yeah, -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: because this is new. So I think what's different about computer science is everyone's got a general idea of what math instruction or literacy instruction or science instruction looks like. The computer science stuff is new to everybody. And so... I think sometimes it can feel a little scary, but I think it's also a great opportunity to figure out
1: where can this fit and how can we make this a little more authentic mm-hmm. and engaging for kids? So if I am, let's say, just a teacher right now listening and i haven't heard much talk about this or you know this is all new information for me what would be some quick wins that i could have in my classroom you know like what's something okay. i could do what's something i could do tomorrow to mm-hmm. you know get started or at least start you know thinking about it
3: um well like like one quick win is, I, Corey mentioned earlier, was like passwords. I mean, that's in the K2 strand is students understanding the importance of a password and that safety and security. Yeah. So another one thing that speaks to me that I know right away if I was back in the classroom, um, and I see this at all grade levels, is the concept of impacts of um, computing. That's more about safety, law, ethics, and I think of that integration. So our statewide team did a great little warm up with the Facebook, the whistleblower being from Iowa. And then Facebook was down that next day. And what was the impact of that? So we thought about it personally. We thought about it professionally. Maybe some people got a little bit more done that day because Facebook was down. But then, (laughs) and then also, but like having that discussion with teenagers, you know, or maybe Facebook isn't your social media platform, but maybe something else is. So Mm -hmm. I think some quick wins are especially in that impacts of computing, um, Lens,
2: And you don't have to go to the technical piece. So when we had that conversation, I went to like DNS, like we can talk to kids about networking, the internet, how all this works. Mm -hmm. And the other part of the team was like, or we could talk about social emotional learning, Corey. It's like, you do either. Yeah. So it's the lens and I think also responding to the kids in your room. You're going to know, is it a group that's going to like the technical piece or is this a group that's going to connect to the SEL piece? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, and then and then just getting looking at the
3: standards and kind of even going, oh wow! In math, I already we anal- we take data, we take a survey, and mm-hmm. we put it in a spreadsheet, and we analyze that. Boom, check. Mm-hmm. That's in the computer science standards too. So there's easy ways. I think the the love is out there. Um, just I think there's a lot of buzz about computer science and real world problems. You know cybersecurity is on the news all the time, mm-hmm. so yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's easy ways yeah. to um, be able to just quick win and then feel, the, feel out the kids. Like, if you spark their interest, then that just feeds into why, the why we should be doing this. Mm-hmm.
2: I think another really quick win is uh, language and vocabulary. So mm-hmm. algorithm. Algorithm's a list of steps. Every teacher K-12 teaches kids sequence and algorithm mm-hmm. it's just a switch in language and helping them to understand instead of routines instead of routines instead yes. of recipe mm-hmm. yeah think about this like an algorithm because i think that helps kids i also think um decomposing things mm-hmm. like that's a big piece of computer science well you know my whole stem education was we decompose a project can't build a rock. You can't go from zero to building a rocket. What's the first step? We build the fin. You know, like mm-hmm. helping kids to think of it that way. I also think that's got a little more longevity. Like, would I like mm-hmm. to think every kid's going to love computer science? Sure, because I do. But they aren't all going to. But if we can give them a solid foundation, mm-hmm. then they're better problem solvers. And when you know, when there is a piece of computer science touching whatever work or career they go into, at least they've got some background knowledge to engage. Mm-hmm. So. I think one more
3: quick win. I'm going to pull back from when I did my last hour of code. So that CSED week. And so on that Friday, we did, we that was pre-COVID. We had a business partner come in and we did an hour of code dance party. My fourth mm-hmm. graders loved it. Um, <laughs> but I had a student that had been pulled out for an intervention. And he came in a little bit late. And all the other students were, um, were had started the programming. And he jumped in and he outpaced over half of the class when he came in. So this was a student who had not been exposed really to a lot um, of that, and I was like, whoa. Like, he has found his jam. So I think when we, you know, just giving that little, like, hey, quick coding, you know, offered as a little, like, after-school thing or indoor recess activity, you know, even though that's just one piece, that could be that part of the hook of, and then there's more. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So this... Um, So some of the things I've heard you say were like, well, eventually we might need to look at um, adding an elective, which probably means a teacher. There might be some learning that's involved and all of that costs money. Yeah. Right. So I would hope that the state of Iowa is providing some sort of funding to help us. So much funding right now, Mindy. (laughs) Where's the funding? So
2: the funding (laughs) is coming from the department of ed. So we're really grateful for that. There are three buckets of funding. Um, So, Shameless plug, talk to your computer or your computer science consultant at the AEA. Every AEA has at least one person dedicated Mm -hmm. to the work, so they can give you the down and dirty details. Mm -hmm. Here's what I can tell you. There's a, a bucket of funds for script. So if your district wants to participate in script funding to make that plan that's required, there is funds for subs if you can find them. Mm-hmm. It's the Where's Waldo mm-hmm. of yeah, Education right, that's right. right now. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> there are money for subs or there's money to pay your teacher's stipends to mm-hmm. participate right. in that work. Mm-hmm. Um, the second bucket of funds is kind of—it's a computer science curriculum and PD grant. It's like a menu. So you, there's up to thirty thousand dollars. Districts can spend ten thousand dollars in K five, ten thousand in six eight, ten thousand in 9-12, and they can choose from a menu of vetted. Uh, curriculums and then professional developments, and your AEA consultants would be happy, happy to tell you more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridget's gone to all the webinars and's gotten all the information for the statewide team, so we can tell you once you've done gone through script and you know what your needs are. We can try to help align. Yep. And then the third bucket of money is called here it comes: Computer Science Professional Development Incentive Fund. The legislature has. Um, has allocated the money for that. and that There's not a grant application yet, but we okay. anticipate that coming soon. And that's more choose-your-own-adventure. So if districts want to pay for a teacher to get the endorsement, they can write their grant for that. If they want to select a program or training that's not in the menu, they can do that so they can write that up. And then the statewide team... The we'll, uh, statewide computer science team will write a grant that districts can um, choose to participate in if they don't have capacity to write their own grant. So you will get that update as soon as possible. That's coming. But there's lots of money, which I think also means there's lots of interest and sure. lots of focus on it. So mm-hmm. it's good work, and there's money to help support districts with doing it.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of information we've had today, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If people wanted to contact either of you two to learn some more or to follow up with questions, or how, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys?
2: So my email is MC... No, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, my email Declined. is... <laughs> 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 Declined. Declined.
0: <laughs> nope. Automatic filter. <laughs> uh,
2: Emails. Email really is the best way. So my email is C. Rogers. It's R-O-G-E-R-S at dot org.
3: And email
1: and oh, boy. yeah. Oh here we go. Oh, dear. Here we go. Well, this is
3: This is why it was called Mrs. C. Cause, <laughs> so B Castelluccio. However, it's very phonetic. So B C A S T E L L U C C I O. So if you say Castelluccio, the ch is two C's <laughs> at
1: G-W-A-E-A.org. Thanks, guys. All right. Up next, my favorite part of the show is Tick. Nuggets.
0: Here you know, we are, Tech Nuggets, eh?
1: Yeah.
0: I got a lot on here by we the do. looks of it. Oh, yeah. I have to move swiftly through this list.
1: Okay. I'll go first. Sure. All right. So, my first one is called Mind Your Decisions, and I'm going to click on it and hope that nothing starts playing because it is actually a YouTube channel. um It is, I, know, I think, the guy's name is Presh Tawalker. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I So, there was a, ma- a middle school math teacher that showed me. I know, Corey Rogers, this is right up your alley. <laughs> I'm so cow. excited right now. Okay, sorry. So it is um, a YouTube channel all about, like, these crazy math problems that are super interesting and engaging. And there's some some of it, there's some logic involved yeah. here and there. Um, so if you're looking for, like, something just to kind of get your kids talking about math because I think talking about math is super important. So I um, thought this was just kind of something I'd never heard of before, never seen it, and he was <laughs> super excited to show it to us. Um, and I watched one of the videos and was like, I don't even know where to get started on this. But after, and then they show you how to walk through the problem and you're like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. So um, just a, something to look at, something a new little resource. There you go. It's so exciting. It is two point five two million I
2: subscribers. Know. Well, uh, plus one, Corey just subscribed. <laughs> uh, it'll be plus two soon. I love stuff like this. So, like the the logic puzzles and the riddles make me think of unplugged coding. Yes, like we think that's a we talk win. about going from unplugged to plugged. Sure, this is would be a great way to engage kids in logical thinking. Thanks, yes. Mindy. You're welcome.
1: Have fun this weekend, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know I'm going to look at it. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I don't even know how to follow that up. But let's stay with the YouTube world because I found an extension that replaces a service that used to exist and no longer exists. So do you remember the good old favorite video notes? Yeah. That let you take notes next to a youtube video okay Uh well that kind of went away and died i don't know what happened to that but i came across this extension recently called clarity notes it's a chrome extension and once you add it what it does is it puts a panel next to the youtube video on youtube.com where you can start taking notes Mm-hmm. And it saves it to your Google account so that every time you go back to that video, you will see all the notes that you took. And then you can update it as you need to.
1: Shut the front door. No. Uh-huh. This is a good one. It's a really, really good is. one. I
0: think, yeah. And just for our, you know, coding friends, it supports things like Markdown, which is a simplified version of HTML. And it doesn't automatically timestamp everything, but you can timestamp it. There's like little shortcut codes that you have oh. to put into bold and italic and timestamp and, and things like that. But it just, every YouTube video you go to, you will automatically get this panel down the side for you just to type notes. Hmm. So, kind of an interesting
1: one. So, does it, now I know Tech Nuggets, like we try not to ask too many questions because they're clearly like a quick does it generate a Google Doc for you or could you use a template? Like, if as a teacher I have questions that want to be, oh. could I use a template beside it? No, and no. Okay. Oh. Um, it does
0: not generate a Google Doc at all. It oh, just that's keeps I, okay. it in this little notepad in, Got it. that it is. And if you go up and you click on the extension, you can see all your notes. So you can go mm-hmm. back and okay. find previous notes. And when you click on it, basically it just opens the YouTube video and has your Got it. Okay. Doc I misunderstood. When you got side. it, okay. Yes.
3: But you'd be able to see the video and your notes yes. side by side. Yes. Which could be very powerful. Mm-hmm. The
0: only caveat is, you know, sometimes they, I can't remember what it's called in YouTube, if it's called theater mode or something where it just stretches oh. it and goes yeah. full screen. If you stretch it, you don't see your notes. So it has to be in that little... The smaller size so that you can see the yeah. panel. So, normally on the side where it says related videos and all the rest, oh, it yes. replaces all those with your little notepad. Nice. So, it's good I for that. I like that,
3: that a lot. Me
1: too. Clarity
0: Notes. It's a free Chrome extension. Yeah. What about Bridget and Corey? Do you want to <laughs> throw you bring a tech anything nutted? with you
1: today? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Come on. I, know. I mean,
2: I wish we had some uh, quality geez. information to oh, share. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Um, I'm going to go with a shameless plug and yeah. say we're all course, shameless plugs I know, here, right yeah so uh, so I would encourage anyone in Iowa to join CSTA Iowa. It is our teacher organization. So CSTA is Computer Science Teachers Association. We have an Iowa chapter. I happen to be president. That's why it's shameless. Oh, my. But, that yeah. is shameless. Um, our goal, yeah. <laughs> our shameful. 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 Yeah, not shameless. Not shameless. Shameful. No, shameful. Anyway, our whole goal is to connect teachers. So I taught com- uh, middle school computer science in the suburbs of Detroit. I was the only person in my building. It was real lonely. And so part of our goal is to just help connect computer science teachers, whether you're an elementary, uh, fourth grade teacher that's going to integrate, or you're a high school CSA, we um, provide virtual chapter meetings. We have professional development, lots of stuff, and it's free. It's all free. So if you go to uh, bit.ly forward slash join CSTA Iowa, we'll put it in the show notes You can join for free. And if you're not in Iowa, find your local chapter. There's like 100-plus across the country. There's one in the Philippines. Like It's international Mm -hmm. now. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. So um, get connected to folks so that you have a PLC because oftentimes computer science teachers don't have one Mm because you're the lone wolf. Yeah, sure. uh, Make friends. Be one of us. I'm not allowed to pound the table. Jonathan. don't don't touch the table. Don't Don't touch the table. You can be one of us. Yep. And to
3: piggy <laughs> off, piggyback off that, I joined. I'm not.
2: I <laughs> know. No. Right?
3: Wow. I joined. And um, there is a lot more than just that computer science focus. There is a lot of information about equity and diversity and cultural, just strong good practices, good pedagogy, um, webinars, and just resources that hmm. just make you outside the box as a teacher sure. and an educator. So I was a little like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a computer science teacher, but I feel like I
1: fit. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Next one for me. Um, so I found this one from, well, I feel like it's like three degrees of separation from Eric Kurtz, which, um, I think I saw from Jen Giffen. She saw it from Eric Kurtz. So actually it's two degrees of separation from Eric Mm. Kurtz. Um, it's called cleanup dot pictures and just another tool to do that removing of background. So, um, I always think those are good tools to have in your back pocket. So easy one to take a look at.
0: Yeah, Jen's got a fun uh, kind of before and after picture, and it, it's like those puzzles you used to do where it's like spot the difference oh, between yeah. one and the other, mm-hmm. isn't oh, it? yes. Oh, Can you see fun. what's missing yeah. in mm-hmm. the second picture? So yep, she used it to kids. remove things from her background. So, yeah, it's a fun one. All right, so my second uh, tech nugget is called Free Icons by Icons8. This is um, an add-on for... Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, and Google Forms. And I know you can probably find a lot of these things already if you do like an image search or something like that, but they have 180,000 icons that you can use to add into your slide deck or your doc or other things there too. Nice little search bar that appears on the side, so if you looking for a picture of a dog or something it'll give you a picture of a dog and they've got all kinds of different like themes and things on there so there's animals there's different uh artistic styles as well so there's one here called doodle which is just like outlines uh-huh. and like hand drawn type of icons it just Really nice, interesting, different things there. You can search by color. They're available in different sizes, although if you want a really big one, you do need to pay. But 180,000 free icons. I mean, everybody wants to jazz up their slide deck with something these days, don't they? So that just appears on the sidebar there for you for free.
2: We're gonna wrap up the day with one more computer science nugget. Is that what you'd oh, like I to hope do? So. I uh, hope I, we do.
0: I couldn't possibly we'll a end a podcast the podcast without it.
2: I put would, a bow on this, will you? There hasn't been enough computer science. No, so, no. Raspberry Pi has a digital magazine called Hello World, and they released something called the Big Book of Computing Pedagogy. And it's a light read, I'm sure. It's a treasure trove (laughs) of different articles for teachers. So it's not, you can sit down in your prep and just pick one article. And they're they're in 12 different categories like uh, leading with concepts, or making the abstract concrete, or challenging misconceptions. So. Did you say it's Raspberry? Do you have to have a Raspberry Pi or no, they you, just... you do not, not have... No, you, it's just it's the just company of the, them. Yes, got yep, it. Okay. But yeah, you don't have to have any physical computing. There's things like pedagogy. There's a framework called PRIM, which is to help kids think about, they predict. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's like a protocol for having kids look at uh, code. Mm-hmm. There's mention of UDL in here in the oh. context of computer science. So... Uh, if you are new to computer science, or you're old like me, I think there's lots of uh, there'd be foundational concepts or new ideas, depending on where you're at in your career. So check it out. What's the name of it again? The Big Book of Computing Pedagogy.
0: And I don't know if you said this or not, but it's a free PDF download.
2: It is, oh, and then yes. if you like, at Grant Wood, we sent ours to the printer because we're nerdy and had them bound. <laughs> oh, so that's. Yep. Yeah, because yes. I can't, okay, I really like a hard copy. I do, too. I do, so, too. So uh, if you are, you know, if you're within Iowa, you could send it to your AEA. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was $20. I mean, it wasn't a lot, so, um, but it is free. And if you are, if you want to take electronic notes and that's your jam, you can go for it. Nice. It
0: says here, if you're in the UK and you're a teacher, volunteer, librarian, or something in between, They'll send you a free issue to your door,
1: Oh, in-print
0: awesome. version. What
1: if you're wow. from the UK but don't live there?
0: They would probably send it to somewhere in the UK <laughs> for me, <laughs> and I can pick it up the next time I go there.
1: Do you have family to there? Save I do. $20. Yeah. All the save yourself. $20. It's worth it.
0: All right. So that is probably all we need to talk about today. Got it all done. I think we should thank Bridget and Corey for coming in and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: Um, you. We will be back whenever we are back (laughs) with another episode. Yes, we will. Where is it going to go there? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. So until next
1: time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. (laughs) Holy. You had a birthday and lost your mind.